out of the way. Okay, narrator, you begin. Orpha and Ruth lifted up their voices and wept. Orpha kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth stayed with her. Naomi tried to convince her to go too. Look, your sister-in-law is returning to her people and to her gods. Turn back after your sister-in-law. Don't urge me to abandon you, to turn back from following after you. Wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord do this to me, and more so if even death separates me from you. When Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped speaking to her about it. My daughter, shouldn't I seek security for you so that things might go well for you? Now isn't Boaz, whose young women you were with, our relative? Tonight he will be winnowing barley at the threshing floor. You should bathe, put on some perfume, wear nice clothes, and then go down to the threshing floor. Don't make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, notice the place where he is lying. Then go, uncover his feet, and lie down, and he will tell you what to do. I'll do everything you tell me. So she went down to the threshing floor. She did everything just as her mother-in-law had ordered. Boaz ate and drank. He was in a good mood. He went over to lie down by the edge of the grain pile. Then Ruth quietly approached, uncovered his legs, and lay down. During the middle of the night, the man shuddered and turned over, and there was a woman lying at his feet. Who are you? I'm Ruth, your servant. Spread out your robe over your servant. Surely you are a redeemer. May you be blessed by the Lord, my daughter. You have acted even more faithfully than you did at first. You hadn't gone after rich or poor young men. And now, my daughter, don't be afraid. I'll do for you everything you are asking. Indeed, my people, all who are at the gate, know that you are a woman of worth. Now, it is certainly true that I am a redeemer. There's a redeemer who is closer relative than I am. Stay at night, stay the night, and in the morning, if he'll redeem you, good, let him redeem. But if he doesn't want to redeem you, then, as the Lord lives, I myself will redeem you. Lie down until the morning. So she lay down at his feet until morning. Then she got up before one person could recognize another. No one should know that the woman who came to the threshing, no one should know that the woman came to the threshing floor. But first bring the cloak that you have on and hold it out. She held it out and he measured out six measures of barley and placed it upon her. Then she went into town. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Thanks, Thanks be, to, be God. to God.
Adam, I'm going to use this handheld mic. Let's begin with prayer. Holy One, as we remember our loved ones and those we never met, who went before us and paved our way, who hold us in their strength as we continue the journey, we pray that you be with us to remind us of the love that was left behind. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. You know, I mentioned uh, a couple of weeks ago, Ruth is one of my favorite books of the whole Bible. And um, it was only, oh, I guess about four months ago that I preached on this same text about Mr. Rogers. Um, and in many ways, I think that he really embodies the idea of the communion of saints and what a saint, a modern day saint can do, someone who teaches us how to look with new eyes and be bigger and better. Growing up as a little gay boy in Ohio in the 90s, I think Halloween was one of my favorite holidays. <laughs> it, uh, it often is in amongst the marginalized sets. I think there is a safety, a security in disguise, in the ability to, for just a minute to be able to be someone else, to pretend to be something different I think that's probably the same thing that um, calls us toward the theater, right? That safety, that, that disguise, the, the storytelling aspect, but also in the theater, I think that often the marginalized are called there because that's where God keeps them safe. I think that we are surrounded by the communion of the saints in that space. Uh, Amy called them the cloud of witnesses, those people who went before you, who shone a light on the path for you so that they could hold you in their strength when you didn't have any, so that they could tell you the stories, even the ones that aren't really true anymore. I think... Um, I think that I am... Still new here, getting to know this community, but I think that I have determined that I'm in a community of people that if I mention the NPR news quiz show, wait, wait, don't tell me, you'll know what I'm talking about. Yes. And so apparently, wait, wait, don't tell me has added a midweek short episode to their offerings if you listen to the podcast. And I listened to that for the first time this week. It was a story about lighthouses and kind of what they represent. And they had this thesis that all lighthouses, or at least 99% of them, are haunted. <laughs> and so they asked a, a lighthouse keeper, you know, we, we believe that all lighthouses are haunted. What do you think of that? And he said, I wrote this down. I want to say it correctly. He said, 
you know, the man who kept and lived in this lighthouse where they were having the interview served it for 20 years. I believe that the spirit of former lighthouse keepers are here with us in some way or other. Here in Ruth 1, we, I have this Bible. As, as Amy was giving out new Bibles, I have this Bible that's written like a graphic novel. And this story of Ruth and Naomi, you can see their husbands have died and the anguish on their face. And you can see Naomi telling her daughters-in-law to go back to their family. And you can see Ruth taking off her Moabite jewelry and her Moabite clothing before she says no. Giving up everything that went before her to be what Naomi keeps as Naomi's saint. Naomi was at rock bottom. She had lost everything she had, her husband, her children, She's lost everything. She can no longer take care of herself, take care of her son's wives. And she tells them to go back to their family. Hopefully, you can start anew. Hopefully, you will create a new life for yourself that, in which you can thrive. Forget about me. And Ruth says no. No, I am all that is left of my husband. I am the memory of all that was joy for you. Where you go, I will go. Where you lay your head, I will lay your head. I will never leave you. I will never go away. We were meant to be together. Beside you is where I will stay. In 1996, a, a kind of obscure musical called Sideshow opened on Broadway. Um, it's about the, the real-life story of Daisy and Violet Hilton. They um, were conjoined twins who became famous in the Sideshows um, and then went on to be successful actresses. Um, there's lots of storytelling that goes on around their lives, much of it fictionalized, much of it has to do with the surgical separation of the two of them, which never happened in real life. In fact, in real life, they both got married to different men. Daisy had a child, and, and Daisy died four days before Violet did. And I think, my God, can you imagine literally carrying on the memories of your sister for the rest of your life. In the musical, Violet has decided to marry a man who she knows is gay, but who will be able to get them out of the sideshows. That part of the story is true. She says, I'm scared, Daisy. I feel all alone. But you're not, Daisy says. 
If we stood on our tiptoes, we could peek over the sill. And once in a while, we would see a girl slowly walking up the hill. And we'd think what a sad situation to be outside on your own. To go through the day with no playmate. To walk through life all alone. I will never leave you. Where you go, I will go. Where you rest your head, I will rest my head. You are a part of me, and I am a part of you. I think that art in general, not just theater, has a way of successfully conveying this idea of the communion of saints. That, that is, the way we build that memory. The ancient church had a great tradition of relics. That is, the actual pieces of the body of people who were deemed to be saints. And as the church continued to grow, as you can imagine, they started to run out of body parts. So they invented the iconographic tradition. That is, pictures of the saints that were as good as relics, that you could pray to and have your prayers brought to God, lifted to God by the saints depicted in the images. That's the, or, or, uh, the origin story of the icons. And because we're not really talking about photorealism, nobody really knows what Jesus looked like, for instance, we know that this is Jesus because it says Jesus Christ in the top in Greek. And he has a halo, cruciform halo, in fact, to just in case you didn't get the, the picture. This is Jesus. Other um, icons are of people who are important to stories. Here we have Ruth and Naomi. In our icon, again, you can tell it's them and not Mary and Elizabeth because it says Ruth. Or, no, this is Naomi and Ruth. And we're talking about, this, these are the halos. These are, this is the gold. Gold is so important in these. This is the, one of the few ways that they could get vibrant color was using real gold leaf on, to show the, the heavenly story of these people. And as we continue to work in that tradition, there have been lots of people who have come up with new ways to use this old form, to remember their own loved ones, to remember those who have shone the light um, for us in our culture. And so we have people like Kelly Lattimore, who is creating social justice icons and who was a major influence in my own work as I started to work with real living legends, modern day heroes, as I would put them, and um, putting them into the iconographic style. And we have several images of mine here. You can see this is Brittany Griner alone in a jail cell waiting for death. This is Emmett Till and his mother in their sorrow. And this is a triptych trilogy of what I called the, the, um, the Holy Trinity, 
uh, Rosa Parks, Ruby Bridges, and Kamala Harris. And so the idea is that that halo is encircling us, helping us to get just a little bit closer to God, helping us to tell our stories and have those stories carried on through the generations that we haven't even met yet, the communion of saints, the cloud of witnesses. When Amy had us tell our stories, who talked about their grandparents? I talked about my grandparents and I, or my grandpa in, in particular, and I talked about how he was a child during the depression and those stories. And it suddenly made me think to myself, my goodness, what are the stories that they're going to tell about growing up in a time of pandemic? About, a, you know, we found a drawer full of twist ties from bread in my grandpa's drawer, and I thought, I have a closet full of toilet paper. And, and masks. Yeah, I, I just threw a whole bunch of masks away because they were cloth and they don't work anymore, right? And those are the new stories of the saints yet to come.